When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering professional-grade industrial supplies plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Technological issues. This episode, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm gonna keep an eye on things, but uh, I also think maybe we do have to be drunk to record. Yeah, we might have gotten <laughs> to the point where, oh wait, I'm sober. How do I do this sober? Can't function unless we're drunk. Which maybe I need to rethink my choices in life. <laughs> or, Ooh. or we finally made it. <laughs> you know what? You're right. We finally made yeah, it. We're gonna make it after all, as long as we're drunk. that's the key always being a little drunk yep honestly yeah maybe all right i'm okay with that how many of your aunts have gotten through life like that i hope to be that aunt you you could be i could you will be i'm gonna make it after all yeah you are (laughs) oh my god welcome to rock candy (laughs) oh my god yeah we can't do this sober all right welcome to rock candy your weekly podcast bringing you sweet treats from the world of music. And we're your hosts. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I caught you off guard because I'm actually doing it as I introduce the show. I'm introducing who we are. Yeah. So now you know everything you need to know. And we can just fuck right off now. Yep. Did you come here for content? I'm sorry. I'm not going to give it to you. I came here for the beer and I'm, I've clearly not had enough. So yeah. I, need, I need to chugs it. Chugs it. I need to chugs it. All right, let's do it. It's not going to end well. Let's just drink till our hearts stop. Oh my, you did chug that. Ow. Yeah, she did it. Ow. Oh my God, was that half the can? That's oh a tall God, boy. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. You know what I saw in the store today was a milkshake sour. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know they could do that. I didn't either. I'm intrigued enough. The things they can do with beer these days. It's amazing. This beer's gotten so crazy. I'd try it. Yeah. They're, break, they're breaking all the fucking rules Who's, now. Who was it? Bye. Oh, I didn't pay attention to that stuff. Oh, come on. 
It's at Oliver's. <laughs> Shout out to Oliver's Good local enough. local beer store. Good enough. There you go. I'll find it. Yeah. When I go and get more of our Jenny Kolsch's. It's a new it's a new one, so it's out front. Oh, okay. However, like today's topic, we should slow our fucking rolls. Right? <laughs> okay. Is that is that how that's a good segue. It is. It because, works. Because the the women we're talking about broke rules and people were wanting them to fucking slow their rolls. Right. And they didn't. You're like, hey, hey, hey women, why are you not in kitchen? And barefoots. <laughs> you need to want marriage and a man to settle you down and pop out some babies. Also, don't you dare have an opinion about what's going on in the political landscape right now. Nope. Don't do it. Nope. Yes. That's, we were talking about country ladies who Bad basically are giving the middle finger to the country yeah. industry. Badass country. Badass babes of country. That's what I said in my head when I was writing these notes. I like that alliteration. <laughs> I'm down for it. Yeah. It's great. I like it. Yeah. It's we we aren't we don't delve into country a lot, but we we, we dip our toes in. I figured this was a good one to go yeah. with considering the political climate these days. Are we gonna talk about the political we're not a political podcast. No, but we're gonna talk about some of that shit because we're gonna talk about the Dixie chicks. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, we are. Yeah. So buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> uh but before we dive into that i would also like to introduce our friend of the evening beer who apparently is not doing their job tonight <laughs> introducing beer <laughs> and now for the encore beer <laughs> anyway tonight we are drinking from connecticut valley brewing thank you called cross country yes so west coast ipa it's a centennial adventure that's what the can <laughs> says <laughs> it's a centennial adventure <laughs> So it is an adventure. That beer has been adventuring for 100 years. Yeah, it takes your uh, taste buds on a journey. It's an IPA, guys. Yeah, it's an, it's a pretty standard <laughs> this, IPA. This uh, might surprise you guys to hear, but uh, our thematic beer is an IPA tonight yeah. because it's always an IPA. Always. Always. But now if we need to have a milkshake episode, if we do an episode on Kellis, we <laughs> can uh, drink the milkshake sour. As yep. opposed to the Milkshake IPA, which I am very excited about. I do an episode on it just because. That's not... I'm, yeah, I want to try it. Yeah. I'm going to try it. We're going to try it. Yeah. Because, I mean, guys, I'm over IPAs. I'm <laughs> so over it. Basically, whenever we go out and we're not drinking for the podcast, we very much stay away from the IPAs. Yeah. Um, like, unless it's... It's got to be a really fancy sounding IPA. Like, they put... I don't know. The souls of children into it. That one IPA we just had at five churches in uh New Britain, New Britain. Conne- Connecticut. Um, that was really good. But it was a sour IPA. Oh, well that's different. Is it a sour or is it an IPA? You don't know. It's we'll just know. delicious. Mm. It was good. Yeah. Good job, good. five churches. Go there if you're ever in the Connecticut m- area. Middle Connecticut area. Well, it's near Hartford. Yes. Yes. New Britain. New Britain. New Britain. New Britain. I don't know if we're saying it right or wrong anymore. I don't know. Go ask Pine of Comics. They'll tell you. <laughs> Shout out. Anyway. All right. Let's get into these badass babes of country. 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 <laughs> Think about it. Is that but we that- can oh. say that because we're women. Yeah. And we don't mean it the way some people might mean that. 
I, I, I might mean it that way, but oh, not well, all the time. I don't mean it about the ladies that we're talking about. Oh, How about no, that? not at all. But if I do mean it about the ladies, then it's like an empowering. Yes. Taking we're taking it back. It back. <laughs> we're going to make it after all. <laughs> God damn it, people. I mean, we're making it. It's, we are actually, we are just making it, guys. Just barely. We're like hanging on by a thread. Right. Like, for real. Can we be honest for a second? We're hanging on by a thread. Oh, we are. We are. We are. <laughs> Like, one more bad day away from just... Woof, guys. God, life is garbage. <laughs> Everything's terrible. It's fine. Anyway, Empower me with these ladies. Let's let's let the Dixie chicks make us feel better. I, you know what? I... I'm gonna full say, disclosure, yeah. I like the Dixie chicks. I'm not a crazy fan of their music, but I have liked what they stood for, and I do think their cover of Landslide is pretty... It's actually really good. Pretty great. Their harmonies in it. Gonna say it. It's really fucking good. They didn't yeah. fuck it up. Like a lot of people do with covers. Oh my god. Or a lot of people do with Landslide. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Oh no. Oh, you haven't heard it? Oh no. Oh, I'm gonna play it for you after this. Ripperoni. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Anyway, so let's be honest. The country music scene isn't known to be progressive. What? You don't say. You don't say. But of course, hashtag not all country fans are Republican or conservative or tractor riding rednecks. Right. That stereotype is changing and the revolution is being led by some badass women in the music industry. Yeah, it is. No longer are country women singing about lost love like Patsy Cline. They're taking on political talking points, giving the finger to radio stations that won't play their songs, and doing things their own way. We've already talked about the godmother of badass country babes, Miss Loretta Lynn, back in episode 37. Queen. As you may remember, Loretta was singing about birth control, single motherhood, divorce, and abuse before anyone else in country music, and she was nearly blacklisted for it. Mm -hmm. That was way back in the 60s and 70s. 30 years later, women in country were still being blacklisted. Even more harshly than before, just for speaking their minds. Case in point, the Dixie Chicks. Yep. Excuse me. It's just Dixie Chicks. <laughs> I didn't know that. Dixie Chicks were always comprised of women only, but actually started as a traditional bluegrass band. It came about in 1989 in Dallas, Texas. Texas. Like, like they're Texas. <laughs> Texas. Texas. Started by the Irwin sisters, Marty and Emily, and their friends, Laura Lynch and Robin Lynn Macy. Wait, were there four Dixies originally? There were four Dixie chicks. Oh. So they're kind of Destiny's Child in it. A little bit. Oh. A little bit. <laughs> There's that fourth one that no one remembers and no one talks about. I mean, weren't, weren't there like multiple fourth ones? For the Destiny's Child or the... Or, wait, for, for Destiny's De- Child or Dixie chicks. Destiny's Child. Neither of them have a the in front of their name. <laughs> The Destiny Child. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it was just... You know what? This is neither here nor there. Please continue. (laughs) The sisters both played multiple instruments, though Marty's specialty was fiddle and Emily's was banjo. Laura played upright bass and shared lead vocals with Robin, who also played guitar. These ladies were serious musicians. Marty often enrolled in fiddle competitions and won second place in the 1987 National Fiddle Championships. She's fucking good. They were legit musicians. They're really good at what they do. All right. But they started out by busking on the street corners in Dallas. 
They would dress up in flashy cowgirl outfits with oh. rhinestones and hats and cowboy boots and would play their bluegrass songs for spare change. People loved the novelty of their act, and soon enough, the girls were gathering hundreds of dollars from passersby, and things soon became a little more serious. Nice. By 1990, they were ready to record their first album. They received a donation of $10,000 from a fan named Penny Cook. Just what? random, just came into $10,000. But you know this, what? I like your music. I'm going to give you $10,000 yeah. make more, please. But this lady, Penny Cook, happened to be the daughter of Texas Senator John Tower, who seems to be a very confusing political figure Okey-dokey. to me. In the 50s, he switched from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. In the 50s? In the 50s, which kind of doesn't really fucking matter because back then the Democratic Party was not what it is today and the Republican Party was not what it is today. Yeah. So it's kind of confusing why. Cold War? But then in the 60s, he was super against the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. But then, But then in the 70s, he supported legalized abortion. And then opposed Reagan's strategic defense initiative. I'm so confused. Who are you? I don't know who this guy is, and I don't understand. It's like somebody fucked up all the circuitry in his body. <laughs> They're like, oh, I plugged the wrong thing into the wrong thing, and now he's kind of backwards in his thinking. He was just an early 50s robot that they didn't, like, fully conceive of and well, just they fucked did up so the wiring. Well, they JFK. They were like, well, we've got to do it again. Maybe he, maybe this guy was like the prototype and then JFK was like the, ulti- the, yes. the ultimate yes. one. Yes, that's what happened. And then somebody fucking shot him, so. Well, because he didn't want the robot takeover. Because <laughs> he was getting too powerful. Yeah. Look, that we just, figured it out. Figured it just makes JFK's assassination a lot easier to deal with. If you just assume, oh, the robot takeover. That's yeah. right. He was just a robot that got Got too sentient. Got too big for his britches. His robot britches. Robot Ro- britches. britches. <laughs> Either way, they recorded a 14-track album and they that they sold at their shows. 14 is actually a lot for the 90s. Yeah. And these shows were no joke. Dixie Chicks went from busking to opening for huge names like Garth Brooks and Reba McIntyre. Oh, damn. They even landed commercial gigs for McDonald's and cowboy boot company Justin Boots. Like Justin... Boots. I think it's both. It's Justin. Boots. No, just he's he was. But playing. also, I bet just in boots. I bet his name's not Justin. I bet it's not either. <laughs> Calling you out, Justin Boots. <laughs> but the straight up bluegrass sound didn't last for long. They started to move to a more commercial country sound in their next album, Little Old Cowgirl. That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Robin wasn't impressed with this change in direction, and she opted to leave the band in 1992. They searched for a new singer with the help of steel guitarist Lloyd Maines, whom they had befriended when he guested on both of their albums. Of course, he had the perfect singer, his daughter Natalie. Oh, that's that's her name. Yeah. That's the baby. Natalie Maines was an anomaly growing up in the predominantly Republican area of Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock. Yeah. She rebelled against the conservative norm, engaging in political debates and standing up for the marginalized from a young age. She was also an accomplished musician in her own right, having mastered guitar, but also won a full scholarship to Berklee College of Music based on her vocals alone. Damn, girl. She's actually a really good singer. She is. She doesn't. I don't think she gets to utilize it 
as in much. In country music? Yeah, no. In country pop not. music, but she's a really fucking good singer. She joined Dixie Chicks at the end of 1995, becoming their second singer. But their existing singer, Laura Lynch, soon left. Wait, what's her name? Laura Lynch. For a hot second, I thought you said Laura Lynn, and I was like, that's a little... It's a like somebody really wanted her to grow up to be Loretta, <laughs> Loretta Lynn. Close, but no. There were conflicting stories about why she left, but for the most part, she realized Dixie Chicks didn't have room for her anymore. So Natalie was made the sole... you basic. Sorry. You basic. Oh. You shouldn't have chugged that. It was the IPA. Yeah. So Natalie was made the sole lead vocalist, and the final trio that we know as Dixie Chicks was born. But record labels weren't biting. All of them were wary about signing an all-female country group. The girls had great fan bases in Texas and Nashville, but beyond that, their name was just floating around and not catching on. But I mean, you had, like, the Judds and stuff. Yeah, but they were... (sighs) Naomi Judd kind of had her own name to begin with yeah i guess and she was also an insane stage mom yes you don't fuck with her yeah and she was she had her demons let's say oh yeah and just um, wait till we do the judds episode oh boy um but yeah she was a stage mom she already kind of had her own name and it was it was a mother-daughter thing it was wholesome it was oh cute, that's you know? all right all right and it was a little earlier too i suppose yeah. the 90s wasn't really the time for these ladies in country. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they weren't trying to get a record deal. By now, they had toured Europe and Japan, performed on the Grand Ole Opry, and toured the southern and western U.S. consistently, but still no interest. Clearly, it was time for a change. They ditched the cowgirl shtick, threw out the cowboy boots and rhinestone shirts, and boosted the contemporary sound of their music considerably. Mm. This was the mid to late 90s, and that pop country crossover music was just starting to gain traction. Like like Shania? Like Shania. Faith, Faith, uh... Faith Hill? Is it Faith Hill? Yep. So, I tend to f- confuse... Her and Faith Evans? Yeah, which is yeah. wrong. Which is... Quite wrong. Very different people. Yeah. <laughs> Very different people. Yeah. But that's what record companies wanted because that meant the artist could appeal to twice as many fans and chart on twice as many billboard lists, which equals more money. Yeah, because country music, well, the music industry is all about that money, money, money. The band completely revamped their look and sound, and finally record companies came calling. They signed with Sony in 1996 and never looked back. Okay. Wide Open Spaces was released in October 1997, and it spawned three number one singles and another that was in the top ten. Since was, was one of them Earl? Uh, no. That's later. That's I'm later. Jumping the gun. <laughs> Wait, did they sing Jesus Take the Wheel? No, that was Carrie Underwood. Oh, really? Yeah, that was her first single. Wait, really? Yeah. I thought Before He Cheats was her first single. Oh, no. She huh. had, like what two albums at least before that i don't know yeah jesus take the wheel was definitely carrie underwood huh i mean i don't disbelieve you i'm just learning things that i never knew mostly because it's country music and that's not really my it's not your bag it's not really my (laughs) area of expertise i was really into country in the late 90s yeah oh you know early no i would say early 90s because it was like billy ray cyrus era Woof. Which might have been late 80s? No, that was early 90s. Early 90s. I remember 
I remember being really into Leanne Rhymes, which was more of the mid-90s. Yeah. Since its release in 1997, Wide Open Spaces has sold over 12 million copies in the U.S. alone and is certified diamond. What? Diamond. Bitch. Damn. Is diamond better than platinum? Oh, yes. Yes, I don't is. know how, like... Gold, or... Silver? So, I, don't, silver? I don't know if silver's brass? a thing. The bronze. <laughs> bronze. You take it off the bronze. Yeah, there's. I don't know if there's bronze or silver, but I know there's gold, platinum, and then diamond. Huh. Good for you. After that, just get the fuck out. <laughs> what are you even doing anymore? <laughs> gold, platinum, diamond, get, get the, the fuck, fuck out. out. <laughs> Things did not slow down for the chicks. Their next album, Fly, was released in 1999 and performed just as well as their first, and they became the first and only female recording group of any any genre to have two back-to-back Diamond albums. Well, you know what, though? Only in country, I feel like. They're fanatic about their fucking shit. They're you know? real fanatic. <laughs> I, I Say what you will mm-hmm. about country music and their fans, whatever. They are loyal. They will defend it to the fucking death. But if you cross them. Right, right. I mean, there's, and as we will get to soon. Yeah. But they're definitely a rabid fan base. Yeah. That will buy anything. They are fiercely protective and will shell out a lot of money for kind of dumb shit. Like Nashville (laughs) is an expensive city, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Like, weirdly expensive. Yeah. But Fly would be the first of many controversies controversies the Dixie Chicks would face, all because of their outspokenness and refusal to play by radio rules. Two songs off the album got conservative panties in a bunch. Oh, no. Sin Wagon and Goodbye Earl. Oh, okay. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember Earl coming out and, like, that was a big deal back then. Yep. The former is a song about a girl that says fuck it and goes bad. The song refers to mattress dancing, and everyone got upset because the ladies were talking about S-E-X. My <laughs> God. <laughs> so the song was banned from radio. Oh, wait a minute. I mean, this is the late 90s, and you had songs on the radio like, what was that song? Oh, when we're grinding, I get so excited. <laughs> oh, try to hide it. Try, but I, I can't, can't fight it. it. Hold, Hold me nice and, and real close. close. Real, real close. And that's about, like, grinding You're your dick. it hard for me. Yeah, grinding your dick yeah, on a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or how about Pony or uh, but this Big was, Pun? That was R&B radio. I this guess. is country radio. Very different. And then you have, like, Faith Hill, this, kiss, this, kiss. And they're like, oh, my God, she's kissing someone. She's kissing. That's so sweet. But Before also, like, marriage? wear your lip what? condoms. Don't wear con- no, they don't talk about condoms. No. They're like, you're not supposed to kiss. Jesus doesn't want it. No contraceptives. No. No contraceptives. You're just not supposed to touch each other till marriage. <laughs> and then you can fuck all you want because Jesus wants all them babies. Jesus, take the D. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus was gay, guys. (laughs) Jesus was super gay. Like, Jesus was bi. There's no way. I believe he's totally bi. Also, he was black. So just accept it. He was definitely a person of color. He was definitely not white. Yeah. Certainly not white. No. 
The other song, Goodbye Earl, describes a woman being abused at the hands of her shitty husband, Earl, and she and her best friend murder him. Yeah. Very Thelma and Louise. Yeah, I remember even though I didn't like country, I was like, shit, this is pretty badass. This is deep. Again, radio stations objected to the subject matter, surprise, surprise, and refused to play the song, even though it became the third single off of Fly. But I do still feel like you always had those country songs where men talk about, like, beating the shit out of their guys for looking at their woman. Oh, let me get there. Or, like, for when their woman's looking at them batteries. Hold my purse. I got things to say. Oh, no. (laughs) This is very reminiscent of Martina McBride's fight with radio stations that wouldn't play her 1994 single, Independence Day. The song describes domestic abuse suffered at the subject's mother. Suffered by the subject's mother, excuse me, at the hands of her alcoholic father. Her mom had enough one day and burned the house down. She, Lisa, left I Lopez that yes, shit. Yes, she did. With the mother and father both inside. <gasps> Finally, her mother was free from the abuse and that was her quote unquote independence day. Wait a minute, though. Didn't the mother die in the fire? Yeah. The mother and the father both died in the fire because the mother burned the fucking house down with both of them in it. Oh, but the daughter, Martina McBride's. The- person the daughter wasn't. the narrator of the yeah, story the was at like a independence day carnival when her mother did this oh damn that was the story that's deep yeah and they didn't she didn't really do it with the humor that the dixie chicks did it yeah. was a little bit more serious so people were like oh no we can't you can't listen to this oh that's inappropriate So radio stations, of course, objected to the subject matter and refused to play the song. Martina didn't play their game, though. She refused to compromise and kept the lyrics the same. The single suffered as a consequence, not even breaking the top ten, but the simple fact that it was such a controversial tune meant people still talk about it today. Right. I mean, radio play is important. You want that exposure, but at the same time, doesn't mean it's a good song. Right. The irony here is, this isn't the first time a country song talked about murder. Because it fucking, both of these songs talk about murder. Right. Papa Love Mama was a hit for Garth Brooks in 1992 and told the story of a jealous husband that murdered his wife. But that was never banned from radio. But as soon as the song, from a woman's point of view, talks about spousal abuse... Has to be banned. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Are you shitting me? Read the lyrics to Papa Loves Mama. It is blatantly about this dude coming home, finding out his like wife cheated on him, and killing her by running her over with his truck. Oh, you know what? That's what they should have done. They should have sang about their trucks killing people with trucks and that's fine because you need to at least be on brand with your country music. Yeah, if this woman in Independence Day and the two chicks in Goodbye Earl ran somebody over with their tractor trailer then it would have been fine then it would have been fine they're john deere or, or their lawnmower their john deere lawnmower yeah yeah john deere does tractors too i believe they do all right but most of us i guess would have a lawnmower yeah i mean we don't have tractors but we don't have farms people still talk about this dixie chicks debacle today however it's a different fiasco that happened in 2003 that they are far more known for these days mm. really quick interjection before you get onto that though it's funny, though, because when you think about Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats, if it wasn't for people like Martina McBride and the Dixie Chicks, she would have never gotten that shit on the radio. Yeah. As beloved as she is, because they would be like, she's 
She's destroying his truck. <laughs> his nice truck. Oh, she no. slashed his tires on his nice Silverado. How dare you do that to a Chevy? Oh, God. He drives it. a Chevy Silverado. You need to respect him. It's not like it's a Ford. <laughs> truck talk. Zing. Welcome to our new podcast called Truck Talk. <laughs> Today we're going to be discussing the uh, Chevy Silverado versus the uh, Ford pickup F-150. Truck. Oh, is that a truck? Yes. Cool. <laughs> you did Dodge? no research for this episode, I did you? Not, not for, no, I, you know what? No, I'm sorry. I didn't look up my trucks. I didn't know I was going to be up on my you truck You could have at knowledge. least looked up the trucks. <laughs> oh, all right. Next episode, guys, you're going to get so much it's truck It's going to be about trucks. Welcome to Truck Talk. <laughs> oh. Fuck. More like fuck talk, am I right? Good night, folks. All right. Hope you like it. <laughs> anyway, before we get to this uh, debacle that I was talking about, let's touch debacle. on... Debacle. 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 Spackle the debacle. Spackle the debacle. <laughs> Spackle the debacle. <laughs> or you spackle the debacle. <sighs> Anyway, yes. Before right. we get to that, let's touch on the chicks' battle with Sony in 2001. Oh, wherein they allege that Sony underpaid its artists using fraudulent accounting practices. Wait a minute, Sony fucked up. Sony fucked up. Oh my! This meant that Sony essentially stole four million dollars from the Dixie Chicks over the course of releasing their first two albums. Eventually, the chicks walked away from the lawsuit, but Sony turned around and sued them for breach of contract, what? which they answered with a countersuit. That's, hold on, too many suits. Too many suits. Too many suits. Eventually, they all settled. The chicks received their own Sony imprint called Open Wide Records, where they, where they were allowed to have complete control over their music. As a result, their next album, Home, was quite different than their previous efforts and focused more on their bluegrass roots. Nice. Released a year after the September 11th attacks, the subject matter of Home was a bit more political and contentious. Like a lot of artists did. Yeah. The lead sing- some, some to great success, others not others so not much. Others not so much. The lead single, Long Time Gone, was a pointed criticism of the soullessness of modern country radio. Kind of a middle finger to radio stations that wouldn't play their songs because of the subject matter. Right. And it was also not their song. It was actually a cover of a song from the 60s or 70s written from a male's point of view, which is interesting. But it was the first day of their top of the world tour in support of home that would turn everyone against the Dixie Chicks for a long time. Yeah. During their first show at the Shepherd's Bush Empire Theater in oh. London... Oh. Natalie made a comment about the Iraq war that the U.S. was about to embark on and its mastermind, George W. Bush, who was president at the time. I will argue, I wouldn't say Bush was a mastermind. Oh. Cheney was definitely the mastermind. I mean that quite ironically. Oh, good. In the latest- I'm not saying he's freed of, of any, you know, like, ac- accusations. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. But yeah, Cheney's the... Use that term quite loosely. Yes. Um, in the lead up to their song, Travel and Soldier, Natalie said, quote, just so you know, we're on the good side with y'all. 
We do not want this war, this violence, and we're ashamed that the president of the United States is from Texas. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. The comment- I'd say that that's not at all egregious. It's not offensive. I I don't think it's offensive. I want, I want everyone to stop really quick. Bring yourself back to, like, what was that, 2001? 2003. 2003. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that happens. Now I want you to come back to 2019 and think about, like, the shit people say now. And everything the that's transpired in the last 16 years. Says. Our current president. Yes. Just, yeah. just so you know, in 2003, that's what one musician said at a concert in another country mm-hmm. about our president at yep. the time. Think about what our president says now. Which is more offensive? Let's play a game. Let's play a game called, how did this turn out for the Dixie Chicks? <laughs> or which is more offensive? Something the Dixie Chicks said or something our current president of the United States says, Mr. Donald Trump. Trump's going to win every time. Every time. Every time. Even if you took what Trump said back in 2003, still going to win. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the comment was picked up by The Guardian, who published an abridged version of it in their review of the show. And the edited quote was picked up by U.S. media outlets, oh, God. causing a shitstorm of controversy in I, the States. What did the edited comment say? It just said, just so you know, we're ashamed the president of the United States is from Texas. That's still not all that egregious. No. They didn't cuss him out. Nope. They didn't even call him an idiot. They didn't even call him a war criminal. They just said, we're ashamed he's from Texas. Yep. Which, I don't (laughs) even know how to form words about how innocuous that is. Yeah, who gives a shit? Who cares? Considering all the quotes that we've heard from all the fucking morons in the last 16 years since this happened. Yeah. This is nothing. Nothing. This is bullshit it doesn't matter this doesn't even go into the bucket as a drop and the fact that it made such a huge fucking explosion just goes to show that we deserve everything that we're getting right now i mean some of us do (laughs) i don't but some people have just ruined it for the rest of us yeah anyway the Chicks' cover of fleetwood max landslide was sitting pretty at number 10 on billboard's hot 100 100 chart but as soon as people heard what natalie said it fell to number 43 in less than a week and the second week completely dropped out of the chart altogether which is dumb for so many reasons first of all great cover it's second song. of all who like it's not like they were like yo fuck president bush he's a piece of garbage I'm gonna fuck him up the ass blah 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 no yeah that's not what they said they said i'm ashamed he's from texas yeah and really if you go back to back then i think the country was pretty split, or it might even been the majority being against going to war. People didn't really want, like, it was split, because there were a lot of people who were like, war's not glamorous, but then there were a lot of people who were like, yeah, let's go fuck up those brown people. Yeah. Because the news media is telling us that brown people hurt us. It was kind of the beginning of the end <sighs> when it came to the terrorism thing. Because... Back then, everybody wanted to blame brown people for terrorism. Well, they still do. And uh, and they still do because they don't want to blame the white men that are (laughs) doing all of it. (laughs) Just because (laughs) the September 11 attacks had um, radical Muslims at the helm. Mostly from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, blame them all. we are allied with. Yeah, but then we invaded Iraq. 
We're not a political podcast, but we're also not fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just really pisses me off that I didn't even realize what exactly their quote was. I knew that they said something against Bush. And it, it's nothing. I really it's thought nothing. it was more aggressive. I thought it was like, you know, President Bush is wrong. I don't even know if that's more aggressive, but I just thought it was more than what they actually said. Yeah. No, it was it was legitimately fucking nothing. Ugh. And people lost their goddamn shit over it. Cool, cool, cool. So radio stations had full-on Dixie Chick bands. Yep. And some stations fired DJs that dared to continue to play the band's music. So once again, they were banned from the radio. To make things even worse, the country music scene essentially shunned them, refusing to nominate them for awards or invite them to the award shows themselves. But the country scene certainly kept embracing Toby Keith who famously shot back at the Dixie Chicks with pro-war and pro-Bush comments and just, you know, all around being a fucking dick to them. Right. It's not even like, I'm sure he said some really misogynistic asshole shit about them. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Oh, you're being sarcastic again. There, You can see my eye roll. Your Lynn's Lemon eye roll is so good. <laughs> I practice it a lot. It's so good. It wasn't just their music that suffered. The girls endured massively harsh, sexist ridicule and name-calling, death threats, canceled performances, canceled TV spots, and more. It was as if nearly their entire fan base abandoned them all at once, all because Natalie voiced her opinion, and her opinion happened to be different than the majority of country fans. This is why you can't have anything nice country. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, this is your fault. I'm blaming you. Yep. This is all Toby Keith's fault. I'm I'm fine blaming all of this on Toby Keith. Go fuck yourself, Toby Keith. Because honestly, he kind of deserves it. Yeah. What are you gonna are you gonna blast us now? No, he's not gonna blast us. No, do it. Negative press is good press. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could take the negative comments right now. I mean, unless there are like stupid things like you dumb women's needs to get back into <laughs> out of my Silverado and back into your kitchens. Get into the kitchen. Get me a beer. Get myself I a mean, beer. I'll get myself a beer. You can fuck off. Yeah, right? Oh, you know it's all like fucking I'm going to chugs all these beers so you can't have any. <laughs> He's gonna, Toby Keith's going to come back and we're just going to be And then like, I'm going to fucking cannonball into the into the pool and give you the finger. Yeah. Because I'm cool. Their pool is in the back of a pickup truck. It is. I'm okay with that. I don't know. But also it's all Budweiser. But it has to be a stretch F-150 limo with a pool in the bed of the truck. Can we do that? All right. I don't right. see why not. All right, cool. Nice. I don't mean any of these these stereotypical <laughs> remarks that just Toby <laughs> Keith made me mad. Just they're only directed towards Toby Keith. Yeah, this is just towards Toby yeah. Keith. The Dixie Chick's reaction was decidedly badass. Instead of backpedaling and apologizing profusely, saying their words were taken out of context or whatever, they basically reaffirmed their opinions and didn't back down from them. Yes, Natalie did issue an official apology, but it was more like anyone that holds presidential office should be respected. However, war is never a good option. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Why? But also, I don't think that the person that holds presidential office right now deserves that respect. But that's just me. Right. Again, we're not the Dixie Chicks. Nobody cares what we think. Yeah. Apparently, nobody cared what the Dixie Chicks think. Thank? Thinked. Thank. Thunk. <laughs> Thinked? Thought. Thought. Wow. We did it. We're totally, we're going to make it after all. 
We're really Mary Tyler Mooring it here. We really are. The controversy didn't stop them from making music, and they went back into the studio shortly after. They treated this period of recording like the like an opportunity to be experimental, because there was no way that they were going to lose any more fans at this point by okay. changing their sound a little bit. Okay. So they hired Rick Rubin, our dear friend. Our dear friend, Rick Rubin. To produce the record and worked with a variety of well-known songwriters like Neil Finn of Crowded House and now Fleetwood Mac. Mm. What resulted was Taking the Long Way, which debuted at number one somehow on the country charts, despite the continuing radio ban and little to no support. It's because they're a good fucking band. They know what the fuck they're doing because they're good at what they do. Take that, the man. The first single, Not Ready to Make Nice, is one of the best Mm. clapback songs ever written that i do remember that that was fun the reaction the public had to natalie's statement clearly made the dixie chicks mad and they knew they had the right to be mad yeah and i think the bridge of the song sums it up pretty nicely which goes i made my bed and i sleep like a baby with no regrets and i don't mind saying it's a sad sad story when a mother will teach her daughter that she ought to hate a perfect stranger and how in the world can words that I said since send somebody so over the edge that they'd write me a letter saying that I better shut up and sing or my life will be over. Like, yeah, that's I kind mean, of a kick in the dick, isn't it? That's pretty let's, awesome. Let's talk about how people like to immediately go from I'm offended to I'm going to fucking kill you or I'm going to fucking rape you or I yep. hope like you fucking kill yourself. I don't understand the escalation anymore. Yeah. And I mean, now people are just like, I'm just going to go and shoot you up. Yeah. Um, I don't understand it. I don't know who hurt white men so much <laughs> to feel like we need to throw violence at these people. But here we are. And that's a good point. I mean... Why would you teach your kid that the solution to being angry about something is to you have every right to feel justified in threatening someone's life or actually hurting them? And hating somebody who is different than you for no good reason. For the simple fact that they're different than you. They have a different opinion. Like We were doing so good with this acceptance thing and now it's all fucked. It's it's real bad now. (laughs) Rip-a-roni. Rip-a-roni. Despite barely any support for the album, Taking the Long Way received five Grammys. They sweeped the fucking Grammys. Because of the Grammy wins, which total 13 in all for the Dixie Chicks. Damn. And support from rock and roll icons like Bruce Springsteen and Madonna, who kind of rolled it back uh, during the incident. The girls have expressed their disinterest in being part of the country community any longer. Since then, Dixie Chicks have flown under the radar for, for the most part, opting to spend time with their families and create music on their own. They are back in the studio this year, though. No, no way. And Natalie retracted her apology to President Bush, saying, quote, I don't feel he is owed any respect whatsoever. But he's such a funny, sweet old man. Oh, he's such a grandpa and he paints. Oh, look at Grandpa Bush. No, fuck Grandpa Bush. He was totally complicit in war crimes. He's not a sweet old grandpa, guys. Yeah. Although I do understand how for a brief second during Trump's inauguration, you look at Bush and you're like, I mean. When he was fighting with the fucking like raincoat. No, I just was even like, just looking at him like, could I go back? (laughs) Could I go back? Gotten in my head. 
Maybe. I don't know. I mean, but you can't just, I can't, I mean, this is, how, this is why we're here. I think it would be relatively the same. The only difference is that Trump has uh, drummed up more hatred. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, back in the early 2000s, it was just kind of some racism. Now it's racism, outright hatred, everything fucking sucks, let's set the world on fire. Yeah. I am curious to see if they're going to have any political hot takes on current administration. Yeah, I mean, now there's Twitter. So Natalie is very outspoken on Twitter about Donald Trump. Yeah, and I guess it's cool to be outspoken now. I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad thing, but I I think it's a product product of necessity, not out of people just being okay with other people's opinions. If it's cool to be outspoken and you're speaking out against violence and racism and hatred and white supremacy and... Um, toxic masculinity and everything. I'm fine with that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. I didn't mean to portray it. No, 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 no. Yeah. But I mean, if that's the one thing in this world we're going to make cool, then fucking make it cool. All right. (laughs) Teach your daughter to say, hey, hey, knock that shit off. Don't fucking touch me. There you go. I like it. So yeah, that's the Dixie Chicks. Yes. But they're taking shit and it's worked out for them. It has worked out for them. So I believe... Now is a good time to take a nice beer break. All right. I need that. Okay. Okay. And we're back. We back, y'all. Back. So Hey, welcome back, y'all. <laughs> Look at yeah. yeah, Captain doing... on brand. Yeah, you did. Good we're job. to make it after all. You are. You just, are, thank you. Just me? Just you, not like, me. I'm, you're just stopping right here, you're just laying down. <laughs> I give up. Anyway, so we just talked about the Dixie Chicks. We did. So now we're going to talk about our second badass babe. Hell yeah. Casey Musgraves. Very excited. Who is who probably actually... our most contemporary artist we've covered so far. Right, because she's super new. Yeah, she... And just... she's definitely a genre crosser. Oh yeah, very much. She was on my Lizzo Station playlist. Which yeah, I, I can was see weird. that. No, I can see that. Yeah, because her new out, al- her newest album, Golden Hour, has some dancey elements to it. Yeah, a couple of them do. So it's, I've basically only been listening to the sad songs, though. Yeah, me too. So yeah, they're really good, though. I feel personally attacked by some of Casey Musgraves' music. It's fine. Yeah, she should explain herself. Casey Musgraves, <laughs> come on the show. We'll interview you, and I want to ask you all about Space Cowboy. Are you a Cowboy Bebop fan? I don't think she is. She does like anime. <gasps> she is a fan of anime. <gasps> yeah. Oh, she totally did it on purpose. I think she did. Oh, that makes me so excited. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Hearts floating above your head. We do have a like, floaty emoji heart bullshit. <laughs> well, Casey Musgraves is a much newer talent to come out of Nashville, but she's carrying the controversy torch to the finish line. Hell Yeah. She's also currently facing the same exact challenges Dixie Chicks faced when trying to get their songs like Goodbye Earl played on the radio. Casey began writing music in the 90s when she was only eight years old, penning songs she'd perform at school in her hometown of Golden, Texas. Her parents recognized her talent and encouraged her to develop it, and soon she would perform at her local Opry circuit with a live band. Oh, wow. As a kid? As a kid. Jesus! 
By the time she was 12, she was taking guitar lessons from a local musician named John DeFore. He pushed her to write one song every week, and even though it was a difficult task, Casey notes that it helped her gain an appreciation for songwriting and developed her skills considerably. While she was in high school, her family gathered enough funds to help finance her first solo record. What? How yeah. old is she? Is she like 20 or something? I mean, she looks young, but I Now think... she's 30. She's 30. Yeah. In 2019, she's 30. What? Girl, yeah. look young. Girl, know, you look right? good. Casey, you keeping it tight. What are you yeah. doing? She looks at least 15 years younger yeah. than she actually. I would, I, well, no, she doesn't look like... 15. No. No, she looks about eight know, years man. younger. I see some of some fifteen-year-olds. I can math like, real good. I think you are older than you are. Yeah, kids don't look like babies anymore. Kids look like adults now. That's or creepy. maybe that's like I think just, that's just makeup. Yeah. Okay. It's just makeup. It's the YouTube makeup kids. Oh God! I wish I had YouTube they when do I was a kid. The YouTubes with the makeup. Oh, can you imagine how much better your makeup would have looked in high school if you had fucking YouTube? <laughs> I wish. Mm. God, I wish. Mm. Naturally, as she wasn't signed to any label or had the means to do promotion on the record, it didn't go very far. But she moved to Nashville after graduating in 2006 with hopes that she would she could do something with it. Okay. What she ended up doing in Nashville was writing songs for other artists. Mm. And she wrote hundreds of them. I bet. Including Mama's Broken Heart by Miranda Lambert. Nice. Her song, you don't know what that song is. No, but I know who Miranda <laughs> Lambert is. She's talented. She's she good. She's famous. She's a good singer. She has a nice voice. She does. Don't come for me. I know who Miranda Lambert is. <laughs> and arguably the better of Blake Shelton's wives. Ooh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Blake Shelton got a type, though. Does he? Well, like, blonde singing lady. <laughs> Yo, give me a blonde singing lady. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. Could you picture that coming out of Blake Shelton's mouth? Yes. Yo, give me a blonde singing lady. Yeah. But not like that. Like, like drunkenly coming out of his hey, mouth. Hey. Give me a blonde singing lady. Singing lady. Yo, that's Blake Sheldon. He's not yeah. a drunk, but he gets No, he's drunk. a drunk. Oh, is he? He is a drunk. Oh, well, it shows He could I be know. clean. I don't know, but... There was a time when Blake Shelton was a drunk. More like drunk Shelton, am I right? Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, please continue. Her songwriting skills helped land her a deal with Mercury Nashville in 2012, and in 2013, her debut album, Same Trailer, Different Park, was released. The album was unlike anything the country scene had seen before. She wasn't talking about lost loves and cheating husbands, but rather LGBTQ issues, pot smoking, casual sex, and sex before marriage, religious disillusionment, and the antiquated and hypocritical standards women and young people are held to by society. Full disclosure, didn't listen to this one. Um, I mean, it's, it's themes throughout her entire repertoire. That's true. But still. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely on the first album for sure. Needless to say, the country community still isn't here for a younger woman telling them that their conservative ways are dying and useless. (laughs) (laughs) Your conservative ways, they're dying and useless. And useless. So, of course, radio does not play her music. Her third single, Follow Your Arrow, received very little airplay or support, but was praised by critics and fans for being a rare country song about inclusion and being yourself. Hmm. You'd think such a positive song would be popular, especially considering the success of Taylor Swift's LGBTQ-themed cash cow, You Need 
to calm down. First of all, that she, she is not country anymore. That she conveniently released smack in the middle of Pride Month. Hmm. Yeah. Can we talk about that? We can talk about it. Can we throw some shade at that? We can throw some shade about it. Taylor Swift, knock it off. Yeah. Just stop. Because I know you want to think that you released that particular song and video in Pride Month to be supportive and inclusive, but you did it because you're just like any other corporation taking advantage of Pride as a way to make money. That's it. That's it. That's it. Knock it off, Taylor Swift. (laughs) Anyway, you need to calm down, Taylor Swift. But anyway, Casey even considered giving Follow Your Arrow away to Katy Perry, who arguably has a wider queer-friendly audience than a small beans country singer. Yeah, but she's also garbage. She's also garbage. So she didn't give it away. Thank God she put it on her own album. Yeah, Casey Musgraves is way more fucking talented than Katy fucking Perry. Yes. In her pinky. Yes. But like Casey does with a lot of her career decisions, she stuck to her guns and kept the controversial song on her album. That meant that without radio play, the song only went to number 60 on the Billboard Hot 100. The other three singles off the album didn't fare any better on the charts, but she was starting to make a name for herself, not just for being the girl that talks about taboo subjects in her music, but also for her I'm-going-to-do-whatever-the-fuck-I-want-and-I-don't-want-about-a-country-music-rules attitude. Hell yes. That's it. And she shouldn't have to. No. What's the bright side? Is that radio doesn't fucking matter anymore. Radio is fucking dying. And every station pretty much is an iHeartRadio station. Mm -hmm. There's barely any independent radio left. But for people that live in very small towns in the Midwest and the South that don't have much of anything, radio might be the only thing that they have. That's right. I didn't think about that. And there's a lot of them in the Midwest where there country are. music is very popular. That is true. But at the same time, radio's fucking dying. It is still dying, but it's dying more for people like us who live in like coastal areas that are a little more dense than wide open spaces out in the middle well, of and nowhere. technologically savvy. Right. Whether or not that's because we just are or we have the access. Right. It's still, we have that technology and we can take advantage of it, which we do. Right. But there are still a lot of communities out there, a a vast majority of communities that still listen to radio on a regular basis. But I also think that that also begs the argument of how much can we keep relying on shit like Billboard and radio counts because that shit has to be cut in almost half at this point. Right. And do they consider downloads? And how can you consider downloads and streaming and and stuff when... So many people kind of just take it off the internet illegally and nobody can really track that. Right. And it's hard to track something like Spotify or Pandora, especially because sometimes people let a, let a radio go, a radio station go and just play. And it doesn't necessarily mean like they're listening to the song, but they're yeah. listening to, I don't, look, that's getting into a whole kind of math that I don't understand. But if you think about it, you know, 25, 30 years ago, when things like this really mattered, if a album by a big artist was debuted and it hit number one, it would sell 550,000 copies in a week. Right. Now, they're lucky if they sell 36,000. Yeah, that's so crazy. So it's a vast difference from 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. So it kind of makes you wonder, does this fucking matter anymore? It yeah, really does I guess that's what I'm trying to address, too. I guess I would pay more attention to Spotify lists and like itunes downloads than i would billboard 
Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But still, somehow it fucking makes a difference. Now, it still makes a difference. Her second album, Pageant Material, fared the same way. Radio shied away from her music, unsure if it was too controversial and even too pop sounding. It was still reviewed favorably and performed well, but promotion was still lacking severely. Yeah, Pageant is definitely... I only listened through it once and I've heard a couple. I think those are the ones that got played on the Lizzo station a lot. Yeah. That's definitely got, which I'm fine with, has a much more, like, almost dancey. Yeah. Right? It's interesting. Like, I, I'm like, is it country? Is it dance? I don't know what I'm listening to. It's like what Taylor Swift was trying to do, but not insufferable. Yeah. Without yeah. going full pop star. Right. With it's a like, little, and it wasn't so shallow. It's like it's creative and deep. And actually, like. You can relate to it a little bit. Huh. I don't know about you, but I am feeling 22. No, I'm not. <laughs> feeling 22,000 years old. Yeah. And then it came to the 2019 Grammys. She had released her third album, Golden Hour. It's a great album. In late 2018, and she was nominated for a slew of statues, even though her music was getting no airplay. Right? That's And that's what I don't get it. So it's... <sighs> So, what matters anymore? Because yeah. I would even argue that the Grammys don't matter. And what do the Grammys have to base their nominations on? Is it the actual talent or is it the radio right. play? Is it the popularity? Yeah. I Where are we know. getting these concepts and ideas from? No fucking clue. Okay, cool. Again, audiences and promotional outlets were wary of the songs. She admitted she wrote a lot of the album while experimenting with psychedelic drugs, which put a lot of people off. Damn. But also good for you, because I don't, I can't recall any country music, country musician saying, yeah, I was on LSD when I wrote this album. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, some of the outlaw country guys. Uh, Willie Nelson, for sure. Oh, yeah. But I don't even know if I could consider him like country country anymore. Certainly not commercial country. No, no. Actually, did you read... The I read an article explaining how she got the idea for the song Space Cowboy, and I guess she was watching a horse run around at the farm, mm-hmm. and it was a stallion, and he was running really, he like ran towards where she was, and she thought he was gonna like just fucking go. Yeah. And he didn't, he like, he didn't hit her or anything, but like she was scared for a minute that like she was gonna be in his way. And then the guy who was kind of running the pen was just like, well, leave the gate open. Can't leave it closed or whatever. Like, there's no sense in if leaving. If a horse wants to run, run there's yeah. no sense in, you in know, closing the gate. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit. It's deep. That is and deep. she's probably tripping balls. <laughs> and that's why I love it now. I'm like, oh, girl's probably tripping balls. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, my God. She's in the anime. It was tripping balls and makes great music. I am so fucking here for Casey Musgraves right now. I would now. like to be her BFF. Can we be friends with you, Casey Musgraves? I just want to be the full... Come on. Add her to the list. Yeah. But she ended up sweeping the Grammys, going home with five awards. Hell yes. Oh, and guess what? All of a sudden, radio is looking at her in a new light, and they want to play her music, and they think she's okay. Oh, she's okay. She's okay. okay. I think we can do better than that. <laughs> Yeah, but she's still fucking making music and she's got to be doing something right because people are still talking about her and she's still like getting, you know, she's still charting at least and people fucking like her. Well, and, and arguably between both her and the Dixie Chicks and other female artists like that, people like them because they're sticking to their convictions. They're not double tracking, backing down on shit. 
They're just saying, like, well, this is my music. You can love it or lump it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to change love who I am. Love it or lump it. Love it or lump it. <laughs> Take your lumps and just sit with them. <laughs> sit with your lumps. Sit with your lumps. It's just hemorrhoids. Oh, no. Yeah, I told you, lumps, man. They're no good. <laughs> no bueno. Nope. And nice. I've, yeah. If if I could suggest anything, it's it's Casey Musgraves. And definitely Golden listen Hour. to Golden Hour. It is such a fantastic Ugh. album. I don't like country. No, music. we aren't country people. If I listen to country, it's like old school country, like Loretta Lynn and Johnny Jay Cash and Dolly Parton and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Hank Williams. Um, I don't really listen to modern shit because yeah. it's shit. So the fact that I'm saying Casey Musgraves is good probably pretty good it's real good if you don't like country i i think you will like yeah. casey Musgraves. i'm not even gonna say it's a guilty pleasure because i think she's a legitimately really good musician oh she's super talented like her lyrics are great yeah uh, i also feel personally attacked by rainbow <laughs> i can't yeah. listen to it right now because yeah. that's too optimistic i i'm i go back and forth with space cowboy it's a really fucking great song but it hits me right in the feels Ugh. With one of those like knives that you like barbed knives that you stick in. It's a in Christmas and then... tree shiv. It goes in yeah. clean, comes out real oh, messy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Woof. Well, that's a really good spot to wrap things up in. Yep. I like that <laughs> Christmas tree shiv. This holiday season is gonna come up sooner than you think, guys. <laughs> I'm surprised. No, I'm surprised. Like Walmart isn't putting out Christmas decorations yet, but they are putting on Halloween. Which is great. I'm okay with that. Same. Because it is August. And Halloween should be eternal. Yes, I agree with that. Also, fuck all these people that are trying to make Halloween on the last Saturday of October. Stop it. Okay. It is an ancient celebration. And fuck you for trying to change another pagan holiday. Hey, Ashley, you better calm down with your (laughs) extremist views or people are going to stop listening to this podcast. I don't like the offensive way that you're talking about. I mean, if they haven't been turned away by all the f bombs, and you know, yeah, I don't know what you're doing here. If you're still, if you're, if you are still listening and you are not having it, I don't. This is your fault. <laughs> you did this to yourself. And you know what? I think Casey Musgraves and the Dixie Chicks and Martina McBride and Loretta Lynn would all say the same thing. Yep. If you're still here. That's on you, boo. Yep. Yes. So thank you all so much for listening. If you are still here, whether you like it or lump it. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate the downloads. Appreciate the support. Yeah. You really want to support us, maybe you uh, head on over to, uh, to Apple Podcasts and drop us a five-star review and be like, yo, these girls are great. And you can also go to our website, www.rockcandypodcast.com, which is our one-stop shop for sending us emails, commenting on episodes, or clicking on all of our social meds and following us there. And also, you should check out the pantheon network full of amazing music shows indeed and seriously though it is amazing and we just got make it stop who if you listened last october to our conspiracy episode they were on it and they're hilarious go check them out yes meow right meow and if you really love us you can get onto patreon yes and donate some sweet sweet cash to our cause and help us pay for beer and that's it and research materials. <laughs> and research materials Holy and moly. ink for our printer. Because oh we God. need it. <laughs> no, we just got we just got ink for our printer, guys. It was amazing. You don't even know how bad my notes were. We're sad. 
But we're, but you know what? Thanks to our lovely patrons. Yes. We're going to make it after all. Yep. Thanks, guys, for helping us marry Tyler Morat. (laughs) We could not do this without you. We uh, throw our hats in the air and salute to all of you. Salute. Indeed. Salute. Yes. So tune in next week for more crazy, wild stories from the world of music. And until then, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on, you crazy kids out there. Bye. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.